What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this new episode of Collector's Cave. As everyone knows, Collector's Cave is the show where we meet new people and they share with us about their collections and why they are special to them. Uh, today's guest is Brian. Go ahead and say hi to everybody, Brian. Hello, everyone. Yeah, we're just going to get right into it. So, uh, Brian, what is it that you collect? Uh, I collect Gundam figurines or Gundam model kits. So Gundam was originally an anime or a game? Uh, Gundam was originally an anime that started in the 70s. Okay, so the figurines that you collect, are they like the pre-built kinds that you just buy and take out the box? Or like are they the kind that you buy the kit to assemble and use the craft glue and all that? Um, it's usually the ones that I prefer are the ones that you build yourself that mm -hmm. comes pre-assembled. Mm -hmm. But um, usually Gundam kits are not, you don't need to use any glue whatsoever. It's mm -hmm. usually friction fit. To, oh, uh, assemble them. Okay, you just like snap them together. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Wait, so so you have a little bit of both. Um, the thing is, within the world of building Gundam model kits, you can use glue to make them more secure. But mm. they do. There's they're they're more structurally sound even if you do not use glue. So it should be okay. How's the how's the process of assembling those figures usually go for you? Um, the process it's not too hard. It's literally you open up the manual and you just look at the pictures. The instructions are in Japanese because they are Japanese imports. Oh, that, but must, that must be annoying. It is a little bit annoying, but it, you just look at the pictures and you should be fine. It's really uh, easy to follow through. So does it have like, does it tell you this piece goes here or do you just have to look at the picture and kind of eyeball it and piece it together? Um, uh, It's a little bit of both, but it's really thorough. Uh, depending on which piece or which part are you building, they will tell you a specific uh, letter and number of said piece. Mm-hmm. And uh, they will show you pictures of combining it with a different uh, part with their numbers and letters. Okay, I might have to do this myself, actually, because like, I've always seen them at craft stores. Cause I go to craft stores a lot for various reasons. And I never bothered to actually buy one and connect it myself because either it was the price or just I was too lazy to go through with it. Ah, uh, dude, I recommend it. It's a really fun thing to do if you just want to like give a couple hours to yourself mm -hmm. and keep your hands busy. How much do they generally run for? Um, the cheapest I've seen now is probably fifteen to above, for um, for one of the smaller ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you want to like, it depends on which one you want. Also, mm -hmm. because there's multiple different sizes and uh, tiers mm -hmm. of which one uh, of of size and difficulty. Mm -hmm. Um, my suggestion if you should probably start with the high grades, mm -hmm. which is about five. Uh, five and a half inches yeah. tall. So, yeah. Okay, I might mess around and buy one now. Actually, not, not even to that. Oh, uh, a little caution is that you do need to buy like um, tools to cut it out uh, and whatnot. Okay. That's See. kind of the problem. It's See, not okay. Not, not now. I'm having second thoughts again. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, even if you do, like the tools are not that. Uh, they're not that expensive. It's literally like you can use scissors if you wanted to. I don't mm -hmm. recommend scissors, but it does. It does work. Is it just like those pliers that yeah, they? It's like um, it's like those side cutters mm -hmm. that you can use to cut wires or like uh, just small objects, pretty much. Okay, because I've I've seen them on the box. They'll say tools required, no tools required and so on yeah so if you're like plucking them out of those those like kind of frame things do they like do you have to sand them down um for uh, in some well yeah, majority of the cases yes mm -hmm. if you want it to look flush and fit together smoothly but you can just um be like my first model kit that i built just friction fit everything together with no sanding mm -hmm. it looks really horrible now <laughs> compared to the oh, rest wow. <laughs> Okay, well, 
like okay so when you were talking about uh putting them together earlier mm-hmm. obviously i would assume that's a satisfying process just oh. like and just like when you're collecting things a lot of this you're either a scalper or like you just buy it well not that's not a scalper but you're the type of person that buys it for the value or because you just like having it which would you say is more satisfying seeing it completed and like on your dresser or wherever you like to keep it or the process of actually assembling it uh it's a little bit of both actually okay. like um for model kit building in general you want to buy a kit build it up yourself and customize it to your expertise right mm-hmm. and just the whole entire process of you getting it yourself finishing it and completing it to uh the maximum level that which you can achieve is probably the best thing to feel when mm-hmm. building something like that like the skills that you can acquire from uh building a model kit is a lot right mm-hmm. there's there's intricate um well, what is it? There's intricate uh, ways to build things and customize the way you do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really big hobby for uh, people who know of the series or of Gundam model kits. Mm-hmm. There's even a world championship. The world championship for constructing them? For constructing them and customizing them. So, like, they start the timer and you take it. Do they all get the same model? Well, no, it's not like that. It's a literally custom-built championship. Oh, so it's kind of like a, like a model show. Yeah, it's a model show. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a they race to com- okay. like compete and build it. I mean, that would be kind of cool too, but I don't think that would technically work. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like every um well, because of COVID, they kind of stopped it. It's been on the it's been on the low side, mm-hmm. but um uh, before COVID, there was I think every year um there would be people from all over the world mm-hmm. who Will uh will send in their like their pictures of their model kits that they custom built themselves. Yeah. It can be battle damage. It can be uh, it can be like a custom kit bash where they combine multiple parts of different kits and putting it together to make mm-hmm. its own thing. Like it's a really beautiful process to see, and the final product is, it's it's a work of art. So oh. it's something that you can literally sell for thousands if you want to, but at the end of the day. You can also keep it in like your your room to make your room look nice. Okay, yeah. See, that's what I was gonna ask because I was a little confused when you said custom because I was like, aren't don't they all have like a set way they need to be built? But you, well, you were saying when they say customized, they mean by like adding battle damage and yeah. other aesthetic to it, right? Yeah, that uh, it depends on how you want to customize it because there are people who do just want to build uh, a show accurate representation of said models. Mm-hmm. But there's also those people who kit bashes, like they rip like an arm from here and a, a head from this the, this other uh, mobile suit or heck, even the backpack or weapons from a different one. Just combine everything together mm-hmm. and then uh, sprinkle in some of their skills of modeling, painting and um, and showmanship and they can make it look totally different. Okay, so and the kit bashing, you said that's when you combine different ones, right? Yeah. Okay, so they're all interchangeable with each other? Um, with some degree of modifications, yes. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Well, uh, okay, so I would assume you have quite a few, right, since you do have a collection of it, right? I have more than enough. Okay, I'm going to take that as like 50 plus? Yeah, somewhere around there. Okay, so when you build them all, how do you decide where it's going to go in your room, kind of? Because that's something I wonder if people that collect things... Like a lot and left to fill up a room. Where, like, where do you, where do you put them all? Like, I'm just wondering. Uh, at this point in time, uh, to be honest, it's just on shelves at the moment. Cause I do have the big idea of, 
learning uh, like customizing skills and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I just haven't had the time to do it so. Mm-hmm. So when you do appear at my room, there are some that are on shelves, some of them around my desk and whatnot. Um, that, that's pretty much how I store them for now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are some in boxes because there is a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So they're in their boxes. Yeah, see, I feel that because I have Funkos, as most people know. And while I don't have enough to fill up the whole room, I do have enough to where they can no longer just fit on my dresser. And I had to install like four shelves, like four small shelves, like mm-hmm. an acrylic kind, and then just stack them on there. But yeah, those are filling up. And eventually I'm going to have to do something with all the excess. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Every collector has that problem. That's the, yeah, that's the most annoying thing. We're going to be talking about this a lot. That's the most annoying <laughs> thing about collecting stuff is finding ways to display it nicely without uh, making it a mess. Like, I, I, I'm going to do, do you live at home with your parents? I do. I do. OK. Do they ever just try to cause problems and just be like, oh, why do you have this in your room? Even though you know, it's not hurting anybody. Oh, yeah, totally. All the time. Today's collector's gripe is parents wanted to start smoke about you having your collection in your room in general. To elaborate, um, I'm going to share a story about my mom and my Funko Pops. Because my mom has been trying so hard to find an excuse for me to get my Pops out of my room for the longest time. And I'm just like, you have no reason for me to make me make me take them away. They're on my desk. They're not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. They look nice. It's like, why can't you put them in the garage? And I'm like, that defeats the whole purpose. I'm like, displaying them. Yeah, I'm like, I want them on display. I want to see them. You know, like, I, I want people to see them. I like, bought it for a reason, and I'm going to show it. Exactly. And people, people will be like, oh, why can't you put them in the garage? Like, no. Mm-hmm. Heck. But, yeah, that's, that's just my uh, gripe or collector's gripe of the day. Um, another collector's gripe. When children come and touch your collection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that so much. Uh, yeah, that's a big problem within the, the Gundam model kit building scene because they're model kits. They're mm-hmm. not toys. Mm-hmm. So when you break they, them. Also, they don't they don't have like hinges that move. They Well, they do have hinges that move. They're articulate, too. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem, though. Depending on some, some of the articulated joints are really, are really fragile. Mm-hmm. So if you touch them uh, the wrong way, and they're just they're just break on you. So, uh, by how long have you been uh, building and collecting your Gundam figures? Oh man, how long have I been bu- building and collecting? I want to say I got my first model kit when I was in the seventh grade. So like 11, 12 years old. Okay, so was it like gifted to you, or did you um, just buy it? It was it was a funny story because. I didn't mean to do this, but it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. I went to a family or uh, a family uh, a family event, right? And then yeah. I met uh, my cousin, my older cousins, and then I was talking to them one day, and then uh, that day we were talking about like our hobbies and whatnot, and I told them straight up, like, bro, I would do anything if I can get a um, a Gundam model kit because I mm-hmm. love Gundam so much. Mm-hmm. So I wanted one, yeah. and then. And I'm like, yeah, I told my brother that I can't, I wanted one, but they told me I can't get one because I'm too young for model kids. And then, so I told that to my cousin. Little, little did I know, uh, that year, that Christmas, he dropped off a gift. And I was like, oh, a gift for me? He's like, yeah. And then, on, and then I opened it and it was my very first model kit. So you've been wanting them before you got your first one. It wasn't just like a, you stumbled across it and you're like, oh, this is it. Like you knew you just didn't have the money for it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, of course I didn't have money for it. And my brother didn't want me to start building Gundam because he knew it was such a hassle to build one. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, and plus the import, the import of um, the actual struggle of importing one model kit from Japan itself to America is still kind of a, it was still kind of a uh, a hard thing to do back then. Uh, nowadays it's a lot easier because there's a lot more well-known distributors and whatnot that were willing to distribute Gundam model kits to the West. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, and then now that you're an adult, you just buy them like hotcakes. Uh, I don't buy them as hotcakes. I, I kind of slow down because number one, um, there's this there's this uh this uh stereotypical thing that's going around the community community and community members alike for Gundam model kits. We buy them, and we just don't build them because we don't have time. Uh, so we just let the backlog build up and keep building up. I mean, if you have any extra, you wouldn't let me slide. Like I'll build it and give it to you. I, I just want, I just want to build one. <laughs> you just want to build one. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, at this point in time, most of them are, uh, I do have, I do have a lot, but most of them are not technically mine. Oh dang. Because um, me, I started building it uh with the first one that I got from my cousin, right? Mm-hmm. And then because of that, my brother saw it. And he got into the hobby as well. So we shared this hobby ever since I was in the seventh grade, since I was 11. Mm-hmm. So we were just, so most of the, the model kits are technically ours. Oh, okay. Yeah. So are the, are the Gundams you have, are they like, they mostly of the main character? Or do you have just like almost every character? How, how does it work? Does every character have their own Gundam or what? Like- um, It depends on how uh, the company wants to build it. The company, that being Bandai. Mm-hmm. Um. It depends on what they want to push out. They can push out side characters, uh, Gundams, and they do, of course, push out the main character ones, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they. I want to say for each series that comes out, I want to say at least 80, maybe 80% gets pushed into model kits. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you do get series where uh, really, uh, really cool designs do not get um, the model kit treatment. Uh, what would you say is your favorite part about collecting Gundam figures? To be honest, it's just, um, of course, buying them and seeing your favorite your favorite Gundams, right? Or your mm-hmm. favorite mobile suits, right? And then buying them and just having the, what is it? Just having the idea of com- uh, building, it, building it up yourself and succeeding in finishing the build. Mm-hmm. You feel like a stress, I mean, uh, a self of relief and just like, you just enjoy building it, you know? That's another thing I wondered, actually. How long, on average, does it take to build these figures? Um, depending. Like, a lot of people say for the smaller ones, like a, like the 5-inch ones, mm-hmm. it's, like, about an hour to two hours. Okay. And then there's the there's the master grade. The, the tier above the small ones are, like, 10 inches, which probably will take about two to three, two to four or five hours. Mm-hmm. And then there's... And then, and then there's the perfect grades, which is like, I want to say about this tall, I give or take, like probably 15 inches, mm-hmm. or probably even 12. 15 inches. Hold on, wait. I I had to think about that for a second. Yeah, I'm like, I think, that's, no, I think it's 12 inches actually. That's okay. I was about to say like that's more than a foot. But yeah, so yeah, that depending, uh, because since they're uh, called perfect grades, mm-hmm. it will usually take uh, a couple of days. And then. The longer it takes, I'm assuming the more detailed, tiny parts it has, right? Yes. Okay, so that's pretty much what it is. It's just the more attention to detail. Yeah, the more attention to detail. Like, the smaller 5-inch ones, uh, it's just, like, plastic pieces wedged together that can make... That is articulate, right? Mm-hmm. The, the master grade, the about 10 inches, 9 to 10 inches one, same thing, but it's there's more, like, functional parts when you, like, 
move a piece. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, one uh, model kit, or I should say, the, the 3.0 of the original Gundam has these pistons in its arms, right? When uh-huh. you bend the arm, you can see, actually see the pistons moving. Oh, so it's like kind of like it flexes? Yeah, it's kinda, it, it flexes pretty much. It flexes in real life. Oh, I think I've seen something similar to that, like with the Goku figure. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah it's yeah. the same. That's the same company that does the um, Gundam model kits. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Actually. That's just a different line called Figure Rise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that, actually, that's pretty cool detail. I think that would make it worth the extra... Yeah. extra mile and then mm-hmm. the and then the the perfect grade the one that costs hundreds of dollars it has when i mean all the detail i mean all the detail like everything flexes like mini metal pistons mm-hmm. here and there some parts open up when they're not supposed to in the state in the sense of showmanship mm-hmm. you know like it, it's just like extra flair to make it look nice i remember there was another uh figure that i came across as a kid that had like actual flexing motion i can't remember what it was but i know it existed (laughs) if i find out what it is i'm gonna just lose it what's something that you dislike a lot about collecting figures like whether it be the community or actually doing it what's what's the thing that kind of grinds your gears i want to say oh the one thing that truly grinds my gears is not really the uh the model kit itself it's more of the distribution of um Mm -hmm. model kits it's, it's always been a hassle because uh, since it's a Japanese import, right? Yeah. It's a lot harder to get in the Western world or anywhere else in the world because we don't have a certified um, distributor uh, back then, right? It's getting a lot easier now because Gundam has Gundam as a franchise has, uh, has been opened up into the Western market mm-hmm. because of Ready Player One. So the influx of mecha genre in the west is what you would say influenced the distribution in the west of gundam uh model kits yeah because back in the late 90s and early 2000s there was some distribution Mm -hmm. but it wasn't as what it is today okay so earlier the value was kind of measured by how many small parts were used to assemble it right uh to a certain degree yes okay so how would you uh, measure the value in your own personal way? Like, what makes a figure worth what it is to you? Like, not the on-paper price. Like, what makes you see it and then just think, yep, I like that one more? Oh, okay. Um, that's, an, that's a relatively complex question, but I think easy. Um, to be honest, it's just the complexity and engineering that went into it. So you take, you take value in, like, the engineering design that went into making it. Yes, and I believe a lot of, uh, of the Gundam model kit builders do as well. Okay, I think that's pretty reasonable uh, reason to put value behind it. Because honestly, one of the one of the things that I just dislike when for certain collections is when people get value. Yeah, value for the dumbest things, like um, dumb dumb reasons to make uh, collective items expensive. So, what's the most you've spent on one Gundam model kit yourself? The most expensive will have to be one hundred and eighty dollars. Jesus Christ. And that's I, just that's just for the model kit itself. I was thinking you were gonna say like fifty or something. I was not as you said one hundred eighty. One hundred eighty, yes. Okay, see, because I, I had to double back. I was like, I might be tweaking. He might have said one hundred eight, <laughs> but then you said one hundred eighty a second time, and I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. How big was it? It was um, it was the second grade, the second tier, so it was like around ten inches. And then, okay, this. How how detailed was this thing? Was it breathing? Did it have lights on it? Like no, no, and no. Actually, no. 
Sorry. No, no uh, lights. No, but the reason why it was one hundred and eighty dollars is because this particular design, right, was was a really, really, really popular one, mm-hmm. and it has not seen a model kit ever. So it was only it's there's only been one model kit made of it. There's only been one model kit made of it, and it was called what people. What people from my community call a premium Bandai kit, mm-hmm. which is a once in a, a once in a lifetime only thing. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like it's a really rare occasion where Bandai, the company, um, prints these uh these model kits, because this was a alternate form of a uh, a popular Gundam within the show, but it was from the movie. Mm-hmm. It was his movie form. So, and Bandai being Bandai, they don't usually listen to the uh to the people in their community oh, oh, okay yeah so like they don't listen to that so they don't print it out like normal kids right mm-hmm. so bandai does this thing to make money where they do special one-off kits that are um either regions uh region uh exclusives online exclusive exclusive for this time frame only or um or just an exclusive for the sake of existing right mm-hmm. so that kit was a exclusive that was only available for about three months. Oh, yeah. okay. And then it fit, it it checked off that criteria you were talking about earlier. That makes uh, figures valuable to you, right? Um, in some cases, yes. Mm-hmm. But it was it's more valuable to me because I actually desired that design. Okay. See, I can respect that. Cause some people will buy expensive things like that just for their because they're expensive. I'm like. Yeah, I'm I can like, see that. I can I'm, see that. I'm like, bro, was that even was that even worth it to you? Do you have pleasure from having this item, or did you just want to say you spent money on money because just for the sake of spending? Yeah. yeah, and see, I understand that sometimes. Sometimes you just want to buy something. Sometimes I'll just want to buy something random of something I collect. But still, it's like mm-hmm. at least let it be something you like, you know, and has appeal to you. Yeah, you know, because yeah, save your money, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, no, buy stuff to collect, but. Buy Save stuff it. you like. Yes, buy stuff you like. Don't buy it because it's an exclusive. Don't buy it because it's they they said it's limited edition. Buy it because you like it. Because sometimes limited edition stuff just sucks. It's not even cool. Man, know? sounds like every Pokemon uh, card buyer out there. Exactly, exactly. Well, yeah. Okay, you told us about your most expensive one. Which one would you say is your favorite? Oh, that's hard. Um, the favorite one that I built so far is called. The Master Grade One One Hundredth GM Sniper Two Custom. You said a One One Hundredth. Yeah, One One Hundredth. Is that like, is that the, like the scale the, size? It's the scale size. So compared to, so they have an actual set size that it is in the show, right? Um. Is that what they mean by One One Hundredth? Like it's One One Hundredth of, of the that, size of in the show. Of that size in the show, yeah. Oh, okay, that's a cool detail, then. If you want to, if you want to see the life size stuff, there's statues in Japan, which is awesome. I've seen some online. Yeah. It's gorgeous okay but yeah continue about your 1 100th uh, scale um it was the gm sniper 2 custom or just the gm sniper 2 it's what it's literally a um it was a really uh, favorite design uh with all the community members because they love they all equally love this design it was slim simple and it was a long range sniper which is pretty cool so so but did it did it work like function did it function on did it the- function like articulate and all like, that like did it shoot like a tiny bullet no or? it didn't but you can make it that way mm-hmm. oh okay like, but you also you can like modify it to actually shoot projectiles you could if you want oh that's cool actually. the gm sniper uh it came with uh multiple accessories which was a shield mm-hmm. uh a shield the beam sniper that they had 
and a, uh, a, a submachine a beam submachine gun or a submachine gun, mm-hmm. which has a removable clip and whatnot. It had extra clips too that he can store on the shield. So, oh, that's sick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to get me one of these. Or actually, the cheaper <laughs> ones probably won't have that, will they? Well, it, it depends, cause it depends on what you want, uh, what you want, and uh, how it it is worked. Um, in my honest opinion, uh, the most easiest one to get is that of the original Gundam, mm-hmm. and he has a really big arsenal as well. So, if you want to switch uh, weapons back and forth, you can. So, you know what? I'm just gonna go to Hobby Lobby. And I'm gonna take your pictures and I'm gonna send them to you. And I'm just gonna ask ask you which one do you recommend I get? Hey, go for it, man. Yeah. But I remember we brushed past this earlier, but we didn't get a definitive number. Uh, how many do you have? I, I, we we gotta know. People oh, gotta know. Oh man, how many do I have? That's a that's a good. That's okay, a good I'm gonna say a number, and you're gonna tell me hot or cold. All right, All right fifty. Um, yeah, uh, warm. Seventy. Uh, about yeah, warmer. One hundred. Uh, a little bit cold. Oh, okay. Wait. Okay. Okay. So I so I went too high. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Eighty. Um, uh, lukewarm. 82? Uh, a little bit colder. 75. Um, close. You're warmer. 70, wait, did I say 72 before? You said 75. And then? You said 82. 72? Uh, you're hot. 70. Yeah, around 68. Okay, 68. Okay, okay. I don't know why I had. I was under the impression you had like like hundreds for some reason. I mean, I wouldn't even say like it's sixty eight. It's more, like, uh, it's more like um, since you built up and accumulated so many, there's just so many that you can't count. Mm-hmm. That's just a rough thing. But my assumption of sixty eight is give or take twenty. Okay. Because I like, there are subs where I've lost. And there are some where I you know don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. Yeah, give or take twenty, off of that uh, that sixty eight. Okay, that's it. I, I guess it's a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too much. I don't have enough room to have hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of model kits. <laughs> if I do, I would uh, have to. I, w- I would get yelled at. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it looks like that's all the time we have for today. Uh, that's been today's episode of Collector's Cave. Thank you again, Brian, for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation about model kits. Actually. Hey, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yep. Uh, We'll see you all next time. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye. Later.